Not Quite Cool is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general nonsense. Listener discretion is advised. Hey folks, welcome back to Not Quite Cool. We're actually recording this on Zoom this week so we can see each other, so we don't step over each other as much as possible. This is Rob Prowl, I'm here with who? Who? Keith Brooks. Chad Dowdy. Wow, all the same people back again to talk about our favorite subjects, movies and TV shows. Folks, basically what this is, is Chad, Keith and I have been talking on the phone for years to each other about our favorite shows. Every time we saw something we like, we talk on the phone. We're just forcing you to listen to those conversations right now. Um, so sit back, make believe you're tied up and you can't go anywhere and listen to the crap we have to say about our favorite shows and movies. Um, I think we can start this week with, uh, it's a small show on Disney Plus, I believe. Uh, it might be the greatest show of all time. If you listen to the pundits online and that's uh, WandaVision. We watched episode eight. WandaVision. some uh some quick snippets about it keith what'd you think of episode eight i, I mean i think it's you, you know on, on the surface i think a lot of people might have been disappointed in the episode in the sense that it wasn't as epic as they might have thought it would be um we didn't get quicksilver we didn't get monica we didn't get any of that but at the same time the revelations that we did get the amount of story that's sort of packed in there a lot of it's expository a lot of it's information dump but at the same time, there, there's a lot of clues and hints to what the rest of the MCU could be in this episode. So, yeah, what, did, did American Kaiju or Wolverine show up? No. But was it a great episode of television? Absolutely, yes. It was awesome. I, I loved it still. All I heard was Jew, suppository, and dump. That's all I got from Keith's uh, comments. Suppository <laughs> and dumping. Uh, Chad, what did you think of episode eight? <laughs> So I can see, I can see now. See Chad just like, oh, <laughs> at my comments. I could see that last week, but now I can see the cringing. Yeah, I cringed the whole time last week. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. But as far as the episode goes, um, last week, if you remember, I was a little let down by it. I felt like this this week it stepped it back up. I mean, it was it was great. There was like Keith said, a lot of backstory stuff. It reminded me a little bit of. Uh, you know, in game in that regard, and the fact that we were going back to past history, some things that we'd seen bits and pieces of before, you know, with Wanda. Uh, so it kind of form followed that formula. Um, so yeah, I thought it stepped right back up. It really felt like a movie to me this week. It, it just, I think we stayed in, uh, in the aspect ratio the whole time, and it just looked stunning. And yeah, there were rumors about the budget early on that it was you know, approaching 200 million. Again, I don't, we don't know these things off the top of our head. And you think, holy crap, there must be some amazing thing. The, the special effects were spectacular. From the opening scene of her, you know, in Salem, when you think initially she's being taken to be burned at the stake and, and they flip it on you and it's the witches who are disciplining their own. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so hard to predict this show. Maybe I'm just not that bright. <laughs> not even maybe, I'm not that bright. But I sure as hell can't predict what's going on in this show. And it's been, I, I just thought it looked phenomenal. It sort of had a Christmas Carol vibe to it a little bit. You oh, know, Ghost of Witches Past. It was just kind of neat. You really need to see that. And, uh, uh, you know, when she saw the vision, uh, no pun intended, 
after the after the stone kind of approached her. It was almost like, hey, how you doing? Good looking. You know, and you see what looked to be a scarlet, whether it was her in the future or her from another dimension or somebody else who had the mantle of Scarlet Witch. I mean, it was just stunning. The yeah. Were absolutely stunning. And I think that opens up this, this whole, you know, sort of other conversation and other plot line. Is the Scarlet Witch sort of a mantle that's passed down or is she, we, we know Loki has said before and Freya has said that witches can see into the future. Is she seeing herself years later? Or is she seeing maybe another version of herself that's trying to lull her into this? And is that how we get the multiverse? Is that the, I was talking to Rob briefly, you know, there's this quote where she says, maybe I'm the villain all along. Maybe she is. And it's another Scarlet Witch from another universe that's trying to get our Wanda where she is in order to use her power to open up the nexus. You know what I mean? Um, it was gonna sweet thing we had mentioned that maybe she's the she's the hero and the villain, yeah. just from different universes going toe to toe with, with each with each other. Chad, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's probably more her seeing into the future and seeing what she looks like uh, in the future because it definitely looked like the real deal Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's going to be alternate reality people in the MCU going forward. I just don't know if we're going to see alternate reality Scarlet Witches because I just feel like she might be the focal point well, of it all. The Nexus being too, that is, isn't she the same in all realms? I mean, I, I, again, I'm learning this on the fly here too, but I thought I heard somebody say a Nexus being is someone who exists the same way in all reality. So if that's the case, then it is her she saw in the future, right? Yeah, but the Nexus being is like, there is a Scarlet Witch in other worlds, but it will always look like her. Oh, gotcha. Always be like, so you could have in a, in a different universe, Iron Man could be Stephen Strange because it's not a Nexus being. Gotcha. But Wanda will always be a Scarlet Witch, no matter what. So we can get a Tom Cruise Iron Man in a multiverse, which was uh, rumored. You know, uh, Agatha said something, said something interesting. And I think that's, I'm not sure if it's a mantle being passed down or, or what, but she said, when she said what you are, you're, you're a Scarlet Witch. I thought that was that was a myth. So apparently Agatha's never seen one before. Agatha's never come in contact with one in her hundreds of years of existence, I guess. Well, I think it's, you know, I, I'm not familiar enough with the Scarlet Witch specifically in the comics as far as like that mythos, but it's interesting because that does have a place within witchcraft and mythology and even Christianity. Like I, I thought this episode did a great job of, you know, sort of invoking that stuff. You have these different thoughts of magic. There's left-hand path and right-hand path magic. One, uh, you know, for people who practice the occult, one is the person that has to be trained. One is the person that naturally possesses it. And that's often cited as chaos magic. Um, but if we look at something like the, the Temple of the Golden Dawn or Thelema or even the Church of Satan, Aleister Crowley, who is probably arguably the biggest figure in magic in the past century, um, believed in something called the Scarlet Woman. And once the Scarlet Woman came along, who's also known as the Whore of Babylon, magic is unlocked for everyone. And so in mythology, it's considered this great democratization of magic, which could be, I, I, I don't know, it's an interesting concept that maybe they're invoking here. I know that all sounds like a lot of gobbledygook, but yeah, that's what I saw when I first saw the episode. You know, Chad, um, I think Keith may be too well-read for this podcast. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, I don't know about all that I stuff. Just, he's going to try, attract just a much more intelligent audience that's just going to just mock you and I and only. Or or he's just going to turn them all off. They're going to be like, what, what is he talking about? That's what I normally do. He said Satan. Like, I don't know about this podcast. I just think you and I are going to be muted. <laughs> talking the whole time. I think that's, someone stopped picking my nose on the video. That's okay. I, I don't know if you can see. Maybe that's why we don't go YouTube. Uh, um. There's a one reason I think we're about to see somebody, I don't know, more powerful, bigger, stronger, but somebody coming in to assist. Because that, one of my favorite lines of this episode was when uh, when uh, Wanda says, "Who are you?" and Agatha's response was, "Who are you?" She's so impressed and in awe and just flabbergasted by the power of Wanda, she literally has no idea who she is. So, which that that line alone just painted the picture and filled in so many of the gaps of, of Agatha being in this town. Uh, we didn't know it from at the beginning of this episode. We didn't know if Agatha was there the whole time, if Agatha had actually set up this, this giant hex or what it was. But apparently Agatha is just in awe of this character. So she might not be able to deal with Wanda in a few minutes. She pissed Wanda, she's got her kids by the throat. She realizes she's dealing with a Scarlet Witch who is apparently all-powerful. And that's why I think you're going to see Doctor Strange. You're going to see oh, somebody who, who is more powerful, certainly, than Agatha step into this soon. Well, it's also, she said that she was drawn to this place. She sensed yeah. the magic and all the spells. So it's almost like the, the fires of Gondor were lit. So I could see that all magical beings might have sensed this was happening and so you might see, I don't know, Brother Voodoo, Doctor Strange, somebody like that show up, which would be uh, dope. I don't know that it's actually going to happen because I can't predict anything that's going to happen in this show, apparently. What was Chiwetel Ejiofor's name in uh, Mordo? 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 Mordo, yeah. Um, and he's talking about sorcerers. How close is sorcery to witchcraft? I mean, is, is it... Uh, it's the same. It is the same I mean, I mean, not exactly the same, but in the Marvel Universe, when the, all the magic characters get together, Strange and Scarlet Witch are together. Gotcha. Brother Voodoo, Mordu. I mean, Mordu's a bad guy, but that's all the same. Witchcraft, yeah. magic, it's all the same. So if Mordu's, if Mordu's goal at the end of uh, Doctor Strange 1 was to kill all the, Sorcerer. the sorcerers, then that would, that would put this whole thing on his radar, you would think, possibly. Yeah. Well, it could be that the it could be that the town is almost kind of like you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer, how it's over a hellmouth, yeah. so a lot of crazy stuff happens there. It could be that could be a big source of magic, could just be in that town as well, and that's why you know, like Keith was saying, that everybody's drawn to this particular town because there's don't a hellmouth under Buffy, it or something. Don't tease me with a Buffy crossover. The love of God, that would just be. Well, you already have one. Dottie is from Buffy. That's right. Well, that would be amazing because she was a demon. She and she's very. Oh my goodness, that'd be great if she was the same character. And Joss Whedon has some ties to the Marvel universe. Oh God. Yeah, it's I don't think he. Yeah, I know. He, yeah, I, it's it's kind of painful right now. But uh, um, I'll tell you what. What universe I'd like to see crossover? Um, as Chad cringes as he knows I'm about to make a pun. But um, that rabbit. <laughs> We need to cross over into the Monty Python universe, and that rabbit has to be the the rabbit from my Holy Grail, and that thing in the battle has got to start biting people's heads off. Well, that rabbit eating that bird was that's what made me think of it. Yeah, as a person who has rabbits and who has stared at his rabbits, thinking 
you could eat me, couldn't you? If you were so inclined. Uh, yeah, it freaked me out a little. We tape auditions in uh, one of Keith's rooms in his, in his giant garage and his rabbits are down there. And those things are so sentient that it, they know action and cut. They're quiet. Keith yells action. Those fuckers do nothing but interrupt. And uh, yeah, yeah the, they know. Well, it's mostly for Rob's auditions because I feel they're making a statement. They're, they're, trying, <laughs> they're trying to direct through their thumbs. They're like, Will, are you going to do it that way? That's not how you were heard. They can't yell cut, so they run around hoping that that's interpreted as cut. Terrible. Yeah. Back, Either back that back. or they can sense evil. One or the other. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> if I can get out of this cage, I would bite his head off so he could stop talking. What, what would be a bigger insult, Rob? Uh, your, your auditions are bad or they know that you're an evil person? Which would you rather it be? I'd rather them, I'd rather them know I was an evil person. <laughs> gotcha. I, can, I think I could live easier. I think I'm, I'm not secure enough to be insulted by rabbits. But calling me evil is fine. But telling me that my work is bad by a rabbit. And our names aren't that different, rabbit, Robin. It's almost like me telling myself. <laughs> oh, God. If you were a rabbit, your name would be <laughs> Rabbit Hopgo, I think. Would be rabbit Brago. It'd just be Rabbit Brago. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this show, a little bit about me. This show has really finally cracked me into split my personality. If you thought I was psychotic before this, because as, as, a, as, a, as a quote unquote adult who has been around the business for a while, I, I appreciate the quality of the show, the filmmaking, the storytelling. Um, the fact that they're taking me on a ride and I can't predict it and I love it. And I sit there and I go, wow, this is a great show. There's the other half of me that is an immature baby that wants what he wants. And they're not giving me exactly what I want. And, and I'm throwing a hissy fit because I want, my God, I want Evan Peters to be, to be from the X-Men universe. That's what I want. So, I argue that's more than half, but I still think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to debate you, so it's not really an argument, but yes, you're, you're correct. <laughs> I, to me, I love the subversive nature. I love when stories take my expectations and they completely flip them around in creative ways. Like, I like The Last Jedi because what The Last Jedi does is it takes things that we all expect to be the staples of Star Wars and says, what if it wasn't, right? Um, and so to me... I love, yeah, make Evan Peters just a nobody. Make him the rabbit come to life. Make him actually Evan Peters the actor. Whatever you need to do. I'm here for the storytelling. I think you liking The Last Jedi, is gonna, there's going to be a massive call from people watching this to make this the last podcast. They're going to be like, yeah, the guy who likes Satan? <laughs> like, <laughs> even your rabbits It all are, makes sense. <laughs> your rabbits are like The Last Jedi. Good Lord. Oh, my God. I mean, thank goodness the Mandalorian fixed that. Okay. To an extent. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. You're allowed to have your own opinions. It is your you don't like The Mandalorian, Keith? I did not know I, this. I love The Mandalorian. I just don't Oh, think okay. That. Yeah. You don't think they finally gave Luke his due? You don't think? Oh, I think Luke always had his due. I think it's still what happens in The Mandalorian doesn't negate what he becomes in The Last Jedi. In fact, I would argue it strengthens it. Could be. It could be. And you're clearly more well-read than I, so you know all the, the Star Wars lore in the background and stuff. So I, I yeah, just, Keith, what does uh, trying Satan... trying to hold on by a dear thread here on the Star Wars lore. <laughs> yeah, Keith, what does uh, Satan have to say about Luke Skywalker? Could you go well, into that a little bit? Lord. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new name of the podcast, Our Dark Lord. I think that... You know, it's funny. Somebody... There was some rumors that, uh, you know, when they talked about this having a 
Luke Skywalker, Mark, Har- Mark Hamill-esque type appearance at the end. The rumor was that it was going to be Mark, Har- ha- I can't even speak, Mark, not Mark Harmon, that's NCIS, Mark Hamill actually voicing one of the, one of the nether world beings, whether it was Satan or, I cannot remember the name of the one I had heard, but what, what are the bigger uh, Satan-like uh, possible villains? Uh, Mephisto, Cthon, um, Belasco. Like- what, who was, it wasn't Darmamu. I know there was another one I had heard. Um, anyway, but he'd be, he'd be voicing that and that would be his uh, Mark Hamill-esque, Luke Skywalker-esque cameo. Well, apparently uh, Mark, Mark Hamill's already going to be in Guardians 3. Um, there, was, that was, there was room and he was talking to, to Gunn about that, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny because that all started like a little Twitter conversation because they're, they're neighbors in Malibu. Yeah, yeah. We're not their neighbors in Malibu. We're not their neighbors. It's nice up there. It's pretty yeah. up there. I worked at a coffee shop. I worked at the coffee bean and tea leaf in Malibu, and I saw a lot of those people walk by, and and I served them coffee. It's very very humbling. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's about me. Right next to Pepperdine. Um, if, if you're at the coffee bean and tea leaf 25 years ago, I may have served you coffee there. <laughs> you remember? Let's talk about. Um, uh, let's keep talking about the, the rumors from this because because the Paul Bettany thing is pretty funny. Um, you know, he's been talking for a while about, we set this up for people who don't know, you guys know. Um, he's been talking for a while in interviews that there's still a surprise guest that nobody has figured out yet. And it's an actor that he has wanted to work with his entire life. And he's never shared the screen with and people are freaking out. They're guessing, they're guessing everybody from the X-Men to, to Daniel Day-Lewis, to all kinds of crazy things. I'm the only one who's guessing Daniel Day-Lewis, by the way. But everybody else was guessing other things. And at the end of the show, spoiler, we didn't do spoiler warnings. We'll add spoiler warnings edited back in the beginning here. Um, the, the tag, the mid-credit tag is what I believe is called spectral vision. There's another vision from the comics. So Chad, is that what that's called? Spectral vision? I've heard that. I'm not familiar with spectral vision. Yeah, I've only heard him as white vision, which sounds like a Proud Boys organization. Yeah, but- right. Exactly. I heard a spectral vision comment online. I just... We're going to go with spectral vision because white vision sounds racist to me. Let's go spectral vision. It sounds very Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so apparently, clearly, the visions are going to go toe to toe. So is this the greatest tr- troll of all time? Him doing this? And, it, and it's, he's going to be working with himself? I think it's awesome. I, 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 I mean, part of me is still hoping for John Goodman or Al Pacino. But if it's this, I can't be mad. I think it's brilliant. It really, he deserves an applause, a standing ovation for that. If, if he is the one he's working with, somebody he's wanted to work with his whole life, a great actor he's held in the highest of esteem, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah very clever. I mean, that's just, take a bite. I also think it's brilliant just of the MCU to bring in that character. That's a great way to do the white vision because, or spectral vision or whatever bullshit you wanted to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't create it. I just, I'm just a rat. I'm just a parrot. I'm just a parrot repeating what I hear from two, as two comic nerds sitting here going, "Never heard of that." And you're like, yeah, "That's what we're gonna call it." Like, yeah, exactly. That's what we're gonna call it. Yeah. Well, vote, <laughs> you know, in the comics, he is uh, once Vision turns white, all of his personality is gone. So it's the cold, calculating machine version of him which I I think poses a wonderful battle because this fake vision that we now have within the hex 
is just the emotional aspect of, of the vision character. So those going toe to toe, but it also brings about the possibility that the vision can stay in the MCU because his conscious is downloaded in Wakanda because um, that's what happened in Infinity War, yep. right? Before they executed him, they got everything offline. So I, I, a lot of interesting possibilities, whether or not they'll pursue those, you know, the MCU doesn't necessarily follow. I think the character and this relationship is so popular. And look, they're not going to kill him off. I think I think ultimately what's going to happen, and, and, and I'm clearly wrong because every guess I make is completely wrong. But now that you actually have a physical manifestation of vision in spectral vision, um, once he comes into the hex to fight, somehow, some way, what Wanda has created will somehow merge with spectral vision. Um, and I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Spectral Vision is voiced by, not necessarily Vision, but it, it, you know, what's his name? Uh, I just went brain dead. Who was Ultron? James Spader. That'd be dope. That'd be awesome. You know, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I feel, I, you know, we, we always cite how Kevin Feige is a big fan of the comics. And I feel that, not, you know, the MCU doesn't necessarily adhere to the comic books. Civil War is nothing like the Civil War of the comics, but it gets the essence of it. Yeah. And I feel that to get the essence of Wanda, she's tragedy. That's all her character is, is tragedy. So I feel at the end of this, if Kevin Feige is loyal to his characters, Wanda loses everything. Like, yeah. that's just the most Wanda Maximoff thing to happen. You know what I mean? And I don't think but they want to wrap things up. I, I think... I think it'll be like a lot of things it'll be vague in the sense that is vision gone. Um, we, we won't know necessarily. Um, I do think, you know, on, on one hand, it'll be wrapped up in a way just to tie up that story in a way, just so people feel a satisfaction that those eight, nine episodes, whatever it is, nine, 10 episodes, whatever it's going to be. But there's also got to be something that says a week from now, we got we're, we're picking this up. There's got to be something that clings on to that launches you forward a week or two, and I'll say why a week or two in, in a minute, uh, to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, though I always want to say Falcon and the Snowman, which is a Sean Penn, uh, Timothy Hunt movie from a thousand years ago. So it's not that. Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I think, again, I think he's going to tie up in a way one, but, but leave something dangling to take us forward in a way as well. I really hope not not to, not to jump at the next thing we'll, we'll, we'll you guys comment in a second i really hope i mean agatha harkness Catherine hahn i don't use this often she's a national treasure she is, yeah. <laughs> I, every line that comes out everything she does you just like i hope somehow anti-heroes in her future um in, in a way that she somehow even in this show somehow something goes completely out of whack where she winds up helping wanda in a way Maybe even if if the if the motivations are just self, uh, are just keeping herself alive, that somehow they work together. Well, in the comics, she's not really a bad guy. No. I mean, sometimes, occasionally, she might do things that seem bad, but it's really in service to something later down the line that was like, oh, we had to go down that path kind of deal. But for the most part, I mean, she's a good guy, for lack of a better term. I mean, she's even a nanny in the comics. You know, she's... Uh, Franklin Richards is nanny but it's also even in this show I feel that she's very justified 
like you can tell where her character's coming from. So she's dabbled with these dark arts, but she begs her mother to teach me. Whether you invoke sincerity within that or not, she still is uh, appealing to our, our better angels. And at the end, if the Scarlet Witch is a prophecy of chaos, you can see why she would be terrified of this figure in front of her. So it feels like all of her actions are sort of motivated. Plus she has this thirst for knowledge. I'm conflicted because I do want her to stick around a little bit longer. And I think in order for that to happen, she has to go more to a good character. But if you paint her off as the big bad in this last episode, it's a nuanced, wonderful female character that's been put into the limelight. I'm still fine with that because she's good enough to carry that as the big bad of the series. I agree. And again, it's it's hard to come back from gleefully killing a little dog as a, in the eyes of the people. But you know what? It's I, I even find moments where I go, she's so empathetic. Yeah. She she's having so much fun. She's so interesting to be around. You want her again, like Thanos was a great bad guy. Like the, the, you know, she's. You don't want them, you don't want them to go away permanently because they're so good at what they do. Well, I think that uh, with the thing you're talking about with the dog, this show is tongue in cheek. Sometimes you could easily have the dog run back up at the end and Catherine on look at the camera and say, you didn't really think I killed the dog, did you? I mean, like easily would totally work in that situation. If that's what you're worried about, you know. I'm worried about a lot of things, Chad. (laughs) You're worried about Quicksilver first and foremost. Yeah, but she's also feeding into the Wicked Witch of the West thing yeah. so much throughout the entire show. And I feel one of the great things that Disney Plus has been doing so far and that Marvel does in general is it tries to renegotiate our standards of morality. Like, I remember uh, I have a friend who, we, you know, watching Mandalorian, he was a little uh, bitch about it because he was so upset that Yoda ate all the frog eggs. But I'm like, it's. I don't know what you're talking about. This is. It all sounds weird to me. Why would anybody think that? That's strange. But it was, you know, it's Wild West rules. These aren't our morality senses. This is an alien world, so they don't have the same adherence to, you know, mores that we do. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing can be invoked about the practicers of witchcraft. You know. Yeah, but but the audience in the Mandalorian isn't aliens. It's it's the people with morals on this planet. But the so story don't they have to kind of cater to ours in a way. They do it in English. How much more catering do you need? The whole Plus, universe speaks English, Keith. I don't know why you think they would. And also, the whole universe eats eggs as well, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, but not not eggs from a from a, a sentient woman who's trying to clearly save her her species. What the fuck do you think chickens are doing with their eggs? <laughs> I, I, I get that, but I don't think chickens are on the verge of extinction. If you were eating polar bears or elephant, I'd beat the living shit out of you. Under also, a bridge, polar bears and elephants don't have eggs, Rob. Elephant <laughs> eggs or elephant <laughs> eggs are very prevalent. I was eating pterodactyl eggs with Fred Flintstone last week, and I think that was even even better. I meant babies in general. Good point. Let's edit that out. <laughs> Keith, I thought that uh, you were the most rel- well-read one here, but apparently it's Rob with you knows about all these eggs that elephants yeah. like. I listen. If you if you do anything to an elephant egg, I am literally gonna go lose my shit. <laughs> I, I will too. I'll I'll be on board for that. And one. Next time you come over, do not step on my dog egg. <laughs> you know how sensitive I am about that. Um, <laughs> where were we? I lost my train of thought. Um, 
Oh, we went off on the Mandalorian. Um, how did we get off on it? You called me a little witch or a little bitch? I can't remember. We were talking witches a minute ago. You're a bitch, but let's go back to witches. Thank a you. scarlet bitch. I am a scarlet bitch. Thank you very much. I think I'm blushing right now. So yes, I'm a scarlet bitch. Um, back to the witches. Keith, take it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. I, I think the big takeaway from this is the re uh, the retcon that that Wanda always had some sort of power like implying maybe that there is that either witchcraft is innate within certain people or that she is a mutant already and then that's already established uh i i don't know which way to take it we don't have a, a real cap or terminology on it yet but that which brings up another question i heard people bring up online which i it bothers me it didn't hit me but why does aaron taylor johnson then have powers not the actor though he's a powerful actor uh why does how did if if she was the witch if it was only that why does he have powers? Is maybe he a sorcerer then? Does he have, uh, what's a male witch? It's a, it's a warlock, right? Warlock. Does he a have- A wizard if you're from Harry Potter. Yeah. Good point. Um, so it, that, it, it does pose that question. Why are they both powered? Um, yeah. I don't, do you have any speculations on that or ideas? I don't know. I mean, I think I, that- I, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying, I just think it's, uh, it could be retconned back to the mutant idea. I mean, really- that's the way they should be going now. Mutants are, exist. They're in this MCU. They're mutants. Yeah, yeah. And Hydra recognized that power and they maybe tried, obviously they amplified it with Wanda, but you know, even the doctors even said in the quote flashback, whatever you want to call it, that no one survived touching this. And I know some humans have touched in the past, but even in Guardians, Ego is like, no human can survive touching the, you know, these infinity stones. And so maybe mutants can. Yeah, and then that's why she can touch it because she's a mutant, not just because she has witch powers. And maybe not just any mutant. Again, maybe just a mutant that, again, maybe the, again she's supposed to be one of the most powerful mutants or potential to be. I feel like it's the Infinity Stone that made her the mo one of the most powerful, though. Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of like what Catherine Hahn was yeah. getting at was like, yeah, you've got powers, but yeah, you, you're pretty powerful. But where did you get the power? Yeah, yeah. And then that was where she got the power. Was she got some power from the Mind Stone? That's that's no, like, where she like got. Captain Marvel got was, was powered by the uh, the Space yeah. Stone. I can't remember which stone was Captain Marvel was powered by. Um, uh, the Tesseract. I guess it's the same power. It's the same stone, right? Um, yeah, that was the Tesseract. Oh, yeah. wow, you're right. That's right. But I think it's also like you know the idea of awakening an inner gene within you is not new to the marvel universe at all like that's how miss marvel gets her powers yep. that's how all the inhumans operate is through terrigen mists yep. so yep. if this is the solution for that now since the inhumans are sort of taken out of the the equation that that makes total sense you know um and, and i agree with chad that you could explain pietro's power by they both have the latent mutant gene and maybe people don't know it yet and don't know what that is because there's going to have to be a revision to some degree about who the x-men are you sure. we can say they're mutants but so much of the x-men storyline specifically looking at magneto won't work within this mcu because mm -hmm. the mcu is now set in 2021 sure. and you know magneto was a victim of the holocaust so that would put him and it considerably, he'd be about Rob's age if we had it there now. So um, I don't know that that works super well. You always agree with Chad. I see how this is going to go for the future. It's just going to be a 
It's going to be a double team. Ethan Chad versus Rob, the podcast. Another thing for you to disagree with me on. Um, hey, we haven't talked about Evan Peters yet. It's Quicksilver. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going down with the ship here. I just believe Kevin Feige keeps it simple. As much as we like to speculate and go into the broad things, he keeps it simple because this can't just be for the comic book fans and that, and that, and that group. It's got to be simple enough for everybody to follow along. So I see, I say he shows you Evan Peters. Evan Peters is from that universe. And we may not know it well. Even when Catherine Hahn said, I believe the conversation with uh, Wanda was, um, she can't do necromancing. She can't revive the dead, right? And he and she said that Aaron Tara Johnson's character is dead in another country, riddled with bullets. So she can't revive the dead. But she was never really clear on. She said she was mind controlling this, this whatever this entity was, but it was never spoken on where he came from or who he is. And I think how do we leave the last we last we left Evan Peters uh, standing outside Agatha's home. With, with, uh, what's her Monica. name? Rambo. With Monica Rambo. Um, not seemingly threatened. We know he's not the rabbit. We know he's not Mr. Scratchy. We know he's not, we know that because at the same time, the rabbit's eating a bird. That's what's going on. We don't know that those two events are concurrent. Oh, we know. <laughs> Plus also Quicksilver's power is that he's really fast. Like a rabbit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't scamper like a rabbit. He moves. He's more like a gazelle, right? A cheetah. No, wrong animal. Right animal. This is what I'm telling you. Spikey keeps it simple. At some point, there's going to be a hint, and he's going to wind up helping Wanda or helping Rambo and uh, against a bigger uh, Al Pacino. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You think it would be simpler <laughs> that this character is from an alternate universe? Well, I tell you, simple films that don't exist anymore, <laughs> and was pulled in through a multiverse that we have to explain within forty minutes. Of Completely the simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, you th you think the next episode is going to be forty minutes? Yeah, I think it's going to be. About, I think it's going to be about an hour and a half. Oh, plenty of time, man. Plenty yeah. of time. A 90 minute movie. Absolutely. Matter of fact, they're going to let Fox make that movie. So it's awful, too. So to just cram everything in there is what they're going to do. That's what Fox does. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because I don't think I've ever seen anybody do this before. Um, at the end of the next episode, this is sort of like we realize they can't, they, they don't have enough time to end it. So they say well, there'll be another episode next week. And that was the plan all along because there's an empty Friday right now. But I thought that's where uh, the the new show airs. No, two yeah. weeks. It's a, there's a two week gap right now. No, I mean the 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 gallery equivalent for Marvel, like a uh, behind the scenes kind of deal. Yeah, that's possible too. That's possible too. I just feel I feel um, there's a lot of loose ends to tie up in this last episode. Uh, I was disappointed that Aaron Taylor Johnson didn't show up in the flashbacks. Sure. It feels like doing an office finale and not having Steve Carell show up yeah. when oh, you have yeah. that perfect opportunity. Totally. Um, but uh, I don't know, maybe he's doing Kick-Ass 3 or something. I don't you know, know, and I thought I thought there was something maybe, maybe I thought that they had a problem with Aaron Taylor Johnson or there was a contract thing. When they showed him in the last week on WandaVision, they showed him from Ultron. I was like, okay, there's clearly not a problem. So I was, I was convinced we were going to see him in this flashback. And 
And I was I was surprised too. I, I was surprised. Yeah, and for the audience listeners, which is probably just Rob's dad. Um, so the reason we cite that that's not a problem is because if you show an actor within the previously on, you still have to pay them for that appearance. We can look at something like uh, Birds of Prey, um, where they didn't show Jared Leto in all the flashbacks. They shot they reshot those scenes with a double, so they didn't have to pay Jared Leto, uh, which is weird for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but in this, you know, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson will receive royalties for his appearance in the show so i think next week is gonna be insane yeah i think it's gonna be ball simple but insane probably not uh by the way i talked to my father this morning he was able to figure out disney plus last night after being on the phone with him for 40 freaking minutes trying to get him to what's this button oh it's not working today he called me this morning this is uh this is the review from el pralgo oh it was great i want to watch it again so there you go there's your wandavision episode yeah and, and Rob Prago's father, Mel Prago, is apparently a background actor from a Mel Brooks film from the 70s. <laughs> he was one of the dancers, yes, in Blazing Saddles, who was... Uh, Don't say the line. I won't do it. That's my shout out to Mel, Mel Prago, who will watch this 27 times, and that will be, uh, out of our 28 listens, it will be... And, and I'll be grateful for them. I like your dad much more than I like you. Awesome. Go ahead, you I, I heard you made a comment on your Facebook page about... Uh, about yeah, the things you like to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't I haven't read it yet, but I did see that he's hit me something. Yeah. That, that that's all good. So let's let's make predictions here. Uh, Wandavision episode nine. Two things. One is it going to be the last episode? Length of episode and what storylines wrap up? What don't? And how does it uh, connect to the next thing? You know, simple questions. Only nine questions. Answer them. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> We got time to fill. Yeah, I, I can't even remember what he asked. So I think uh, time, I don't know how long it's going to be. I guess people work it out. It's going to be over an hour based on what they heard to begin with. So as far as that goes, I don't think there's going to be another episode. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a surprise episode or anything like that. I think that uh, the hex will be taken down and the red vision, uh, non-spectra vision, whatever you want to call it, uh, will disappear uh, and he won't exist. And the only one that will remain will be the white vision and he will not have any emotion just like the comics and that will be the quote tragedy for wanda is that she's lost everything and now here's vision but he does not care for her at all he has no feelings he's a complete for lack of a better term a machine uh i think that's how it's going to end but what i would love to see is much like the end of the mandalorian the stinger something happens uh, with Wanda and it says, uh, you know, coming next year, whatever house of end. That's what I would like to see. But I think they're going to wrap up most of the stuff that hex is going to come down. I don't know that we're going to get like a big cameo unless it's like Mephisto does show up and it's maybe that's Al Pacino. Maybe it's a big actor that could happen as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I'm at with it. But I mean, that would be awesome. All of that, but I said that'd be great, and they'll probably do something else that'll be great. Correct answer is we just don't know. If I was if I was a newspaper magnet, the cover the cover the headline would be "What the heck is going on?" No. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's better yeah. than most New, York, New York Post. New York Post headline: "What the heck is going on?" Keith, yeah. tell us what the heck is going to happen next week. Uh, I think the episode is going to be fifty minutes. I don't 15? think there will fifty. Oh, gotcha. It's not a quibby show. Uh, I don't think there will be an additional episode. 
I don't think everything will be wrapped up. I think there will be loose ends still. I don't think there will ever be a reveal to who Dottie is. Um, we might find out who the mystery witness is that uh, Jimmy Woo is looking for. Um, I, yeah, I think she loses the kids and I think she loses vision. And she goes blind? That, oh, sorry. Huh? Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty Thank good. Um, but I think none of it will be followed up on in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We'll have to wait till Doctor Strange. I, I, I think, think so yeah. it's going to set her on a path of either being completely heartbroken and she wants to go into the multiverse to find a new version of her kids, or maybe I was right and there's an alternate version of Scarlet Witch pulling at the strings, and so that becomes the bad guy for the next Doctor Strange movie. Um, uh, because we, we, you know, we know that she's in the Doctor Strange movie, but we don't necessarily know her role, you know? Um, and to play the Green Power Ranger plotline in this, you know, to have one bad vision and one good vision, we could totally have one bad Scarlet Witch and one good Scarlet Witch as well, and that would be super fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I got. I don't know if there's going to be an awesome cameo. I, you know, I keep seeing a lot of people say, like, Blue Marvel will show up or Reed Richards. And while that would be awesome and dope, and I think Denzel Washington would make a great Blue Marvel. Um <laughs> That would be fantastic. I just don't see it happening. Um, so, I heard yeah. a rumor. I heard somebody somebody speculating that their hope was they 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 convinced Gene Hackman to come out of retirement for one last cameo as Mephisto. That'd be amazing. Oh, that would be, that would be amazing. amazing. Let me play uh, Mephisto's advocate for a second and tell you the psychopath what the what the what the what the psycho fans want. Um, they want the Feige cut. They know Feige is completely competitive with DC. He sees that they're releasing the Snyder cut in a couple weeks. The last episode is going to be four and a half hours long. It's going to have every X-Men. It's going to have every... Pacino's going to be in it. Denzel yep. Washington's going to be in it. Um, Tom Cruise is going to be in it. It's going to blow up. It's going to open up every verse. It's going to, it's going to have the comic book. It's going to have... Um, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. I'm making it up on the fly here. We're going yep. into the Monty Python verse. We're going okay. into the X-Men verse. We're going into the uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape verse. I don't know. It's the first movie that popped into my head. I don't know why. The Walking Dead verse, so we have Marvel zombies there, and and who are we gonna see? Oh, Brooks and all his glory hitting on the young, hitting on the, the the young Avengers. Let's and, not talk about my glory. <laughs> um, no, um, I'm just, I'm just I know I know they've talked about this storyline is one of three. It's this, it's uh, it's Doctor Strange two, Multiverse of Madness, culminating in Spider Man three, whatever that turns into. And I, and again, there's been rumors that Spider Man three. Um, there's now No Way Home, I believe it's called. We didn't even talk about that yet. Yeah, but, but it's, No Way Home. Reversed. I think it's this Spider-Man Doctor Strange. You are correct. I'm so sorry. That's right, because Spider-Man's not coming out till December. You're correct. Um, but those are the three that supposedly this storyline will encompass. And, um, and again, we don't know necessarily where it's going. But yes, as a psycho fan, I want everything right now as a rational, quote-unquote rational human being. I realize he can't, he's got to dole it out slowly. He can't, it's got to be a slow burn. You can't give us or give me everything right now. Um, so what's going to happen? Um, I hate to say that it's probably going to end on a dour note, but I think there's going to be something that ties into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Somehow, some way, just to kind of remind the, not, not, the, not the fanatic that there's another show coming, whether it be in two weeks or a week. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they added another episode only because it's never been done really type thing where there's, we just, we don't have enough room to tell this. There has to be more. Um, I'm not holding my breath. I think it's going to be Paul Bettany working with Paul Bettany. I think, I think they're going to keep it relatively small and contained. Um, and I think, I think Agatha survives and uh, that's all my, that's all I'm giving you speculate. I think there's going to be end credits and I think there's going to be Marvel music and I'm, I'm going to be wrong about every one of my predictions and happily so, other than Evan Peters being Quicksilver. There you go. Oh. That's how I feel about it. That's pretty good. Uh, how, long, how long are we talking? I can't tell. There's no clock on here. I think 15 minutes. Damn. Hey, um, um, let's talk about, let's talk about some trailers, shall we? This is where I allow Keith to put in some trailer music. Yay. Trailers, trailers. This is what we talk about. Trailers. I like this, think we should leave that. Um, so this week we had um, what came out? Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder. Let me just uh, Shadow and Bone, which I know nothing about other than it looks phenomenal. The production value looks insane. And Luca, the Pixar movie, which looks like a Pixar movie. And I, I which one do you guys want to talk about first? Screw it. Let's talk about Luca. Where did you boys say you were from? <laughs> Keith, Luca, you saw the trailer. Tell us about your history with Pixar and how you feel about Luca. I, I again, we talked last time about Disney and Pixar. I absolutely love Disney and Pixar uh, to death. I, Luca, you know, I saw the original teaser when it first premiered on the Disney Investors Day, and it seemed like a homage to like eight and a half uh, to something like of that vibe, um, and I was confused about. I thought it looked charming as hell, but I didn't know where the mass appeal would be mm -hmm. until I saw this trailer and there was all of a sudden a turn that they're mayor people. And, yeah. and I did not see that coming and it's adorable and it's cute and I'm totally here for it. It looks awesome. It looks like a cool, lovely pseudo stop motion animation homage style of animation. Um, and yeah, it just looks beautiful. I'm totally on board with it. I'm a fan of uh, Pixar films in general. Uh, most of them are really good. There's a couple of missteps, but it's for their track record. Cars is very good, you know. And um, to be animated films, they can make you feel emotional. Like they're better than anybody else, I think, as far as animated making you feel emotion. So that can happen here as well. It looks like that might it might be an emotional movie. Um, the concept is great that they're like mer people in a fishing village or whatever it is. So yeah, I'm on board. Looks good. Yeah, I was watching it and I just it was beautiful. And like like Keith, I was like, I don't. What is this? What's the story? There's I don't see the I don't see the uh, the intent and obstacle. What's going on here? It's just pretty. And I was like, wow, am I so disengaged from Pixar now that I don't even see the story? And yeah, mer people. Oh shit! And I went, oh, okay, fun. So obviously the movie's not going to be like the trailer where it's, you know, 90% people skipping around Italy and then no, obviously we're going to get the story from the get-go. Um, so that reeled me back in, no pun intended. Um, Which I'm always a big fan of that, that defying, again, my expectation and yeah. telling me it's one type of movie, but then it proves to be another one. Um, and, and the beginning of the trailer definitely plays like this old 50s, we're young and we're in Europe and we're enjoying the youth of our life, almost like a separate piece than the yeah. book. If you remember reading that, 
Um, and then all of a sudden, that twist. It, it's akin to Predator. I think Predator is one of the best movies of all time because it tricks you into what this film is. We're a military movie until halfway through, and then we're a monster movie, you know? Um, and this is very similar, except for Arnold should be the voice of both kids. Yeah. He should be the, he should be the, whoever the king of the mermen are. It should be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I got my trident. That's not, that's not a good accent. What is that? That's terrible. Oh, what's that? I should never, I should never, I can't do accents. Man. Why was the R roll? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just everything mixes together. I'm lucky it didn't sound Russian. I'm lucky it didn't sound Russian. Russian Scottish. And, what's, what's, and the problem is, too, half of me is Austrian. My mom's side is Austrian. I can't do the accent. Are you serious? Yeah, it's, it's awful. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mess, dude. Total, total, total train wreck. Uh, that being said, I will watch uh, Luca because I am a shill for Disney and Pixar. Um, yeah. Good well, Keith's rabbits did not like your accent. I can tell. <laughs> they, they, they mock me. <laughs> they, 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 his rabbit does a better Schwarzenegger. Let's talk about Shadow and Bone. What are you? A map maker, sir. How a map maker? Well, you and I are going to change the world. Now, I know nothing about Shadow and Bone. I never even heard of it until I saw the trailer come up. Uh, Chad said to watch it, or Keith said to watch it. I can't remember which one of you guys said to watch it. Um, it looks phenomenal. Again, it's, it feels like it's coming out of the, you know, the, the YA series of books where it's you know, a lot of people with powers and alternate universes and monsters and um, cool-looking dragons. I'm a yeah. show dragons man I, uh, I love dragons uh i thought the production value looks stunning uh netflix is just upping the game i think that's tom hiddleston's voice uh narrating it if i'm not mistaken it sounded like hiddleston i don't so i don't know if he's playing a character or if it's just one of the young, younger characters grown up go back and listen to it it sounds like it sounds like tom hiddleston i could be completely wrong uh looks like one of the stars is ben barnes speaking of marvel punisher fame uh, he was, uh, what was that guy's name again? Uh, Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Yeah, so we saw his origin of Jigsaw in, uh, in The Punisher. So he's done, like, he, was on, he was on Westworld too. We had an interesting character on Westworld, you sci-fi people who... Uh, he's also uh, Prince Caspian from the uh, Narnia movies. Is he? Never saw him. Yeah, I don't see Tom Hiddleston in the uh, credits. He's not listed? Go back and listen to him. Maybe I'm crazy. It's just whatever, it sounded a lot like Hiddleston. What'd you think of the trailer, Chad? I don't know anything about the the YA novel or anything. My yeah. daughter's actually reading it right now, but um, it looked good. The, the problem is that there's just so much content out there that if I'm going to watch that show, it's going to be probably word of mouth. It's really going to get me to watch it. I don't know anything about it. It looks good. Don't get me wrong, but it's a series. It's not, you know, an hour and a half movie that I could just knock out. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be or how long. So I'm really going to have to get word of mouth to get me to try to watch the show. Well, that's going to be the only way because Netflix, they just, they just, I've never seen, I hardly ever see them promoting anything. It's, I guess, I mean, there's just so many people have it now with YouTube, you know, and trailers spreading, it's going to have to be word of mouth, but it, it looks great. I mean, uh, production value wise, it looks fantastic. I mean, yeah, I think it looks awesome. I, I same here. I'm not familiar with the, the YA novel because Again, I haven't been YA in like a decade. And I call uh, you well read. I'll take yeah. that back. Uh, but it looks like Cloak and Dagger set in yeah. Dungeons and Dragons world, um, which is awesome. The, the feel of it reminded me of The Witcher. 
Um, so, you know, it was very interesting and very cool. And I like Ben Barnes a lot. I thought he was awesome as Jigsaw. Um, I like him in the Narnia movies. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll probably get around to it eventually. Uh, it was enough where I watched the trailer multiple times and I will probably one day watch the series. But I thought I the effects looked great. There's that shot where whatever that creature is, I don't think that was a dragon on the ship stands up behind that. Yeah. And then it looked, again, it looked expensive. It really did look expensive. As I and watched I'm, it on my phone. Somebody who loves this book is freaking out. Super I'm sure that somebody, like a group of people who are obsessed with this book are enthralled and so excited. And I think it's just Netflix having this power to do whatever the hell they want and making these worlds come true in a way that I wish would have happened when, when we were kids, you know what I mean? Like to, to have the epics we read, like Discworld or something like that come to life this way would have been fantastic. And I'm honestly surprised that one hasn't, but yeah. I think Netflix is just really trying to find their Game of Thrones. Yeah. So that's the, they got The Witcher. They got this. They're just trying to find that show that's similar to Game of Thrones. That's their version of Game of Thrones. Because Game of Thrones was like a cultural phenomenon. That's what they're looking for with something like this. Yeah, I yeah. think they're looking for their everything in a way, too. I mean, that's why they, they picked up the uh, Mark Miller Library, pretty much. You know, they're also looking for their superhero, their universe, I think, as well, too. So, uh, um, yeah, Netflix isn't going anywhere. Army of the Dead. That's heavy, brother. But I dig it. Zack Snyder. Um, I gotta tell you, he's gotta have the greatest demo reel of all time. (laughs) Everything looks looks spectacular. There is not an ugly frame in any of his movies. Now, everything else is subjective. You know, whether or not you like his stuff. I like a lot of his stuff. I don't like a lot of his stuff. And I'm just talking storytelling storytelling wise um uh, but visually he is just uh, i mean on a level that is just spectacular this thing looks beautiful it kind of looks and feels like a suicide squad movie to me that's exactly what i thought yeah especially with that purple text and the way the text comes in it definitely had that suicide squad vibe to it um he's put his stamp on the dc universe so heavily that his style reminds me of the dc universe now you know i think from his earlier movies so uh it uh, it's it looks great. It's it's funny to me. You know, they're they're holding up a height. They're having a, a casino heist during a zombie apocalypse, as if that money's going to mean anything. I, I don't want to get logical on it. It's a zombie movie, for Christ's sake. But um, um, I'm a big Dave Dave Batista fan. The cast looks tremendous. It looks like a crap load of fun. And again, Netflix. And so I don't know if Netflix produced that or if they just acquired it because of what's been going on. But I'm thrilled that it's on Netflix. I think it was always intended to be a Netflix was thing. It? That's who he signed the deal with. Because I think this was, you know, his first thing back after uh, the loss of his daughter um, and that he went to them to do it. Uh, but like to me, yeah, like it looks it looks Zack Snyder-ish and, and I'll watch it. I like Dave Batista a lot. I like zombies. It doesn't look as good as Day of the Dead, but maybe that's me being a jaded, broken person on the inside. And this is the the terrible thing that my ex did to me. I don't know. But I feel like your ex scene, or your hex. Oh, but I feel that the um, Suicide Squad text looks. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I, I got from it as well. But yeah, Netflix can do no wrong. I'll, you know, it's an option to watch. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll be watching this when it comes out. That's for sure. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Batista. I really like uh, Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. This, that being said, much like Keith, though, it looks different. I mean, I know it's a, they're both zombie movies, but they look 
very different. This looks a lot more action oriented. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to the trailer though. I mean, we just, it was a teaser, so I mean, that's, yeah. that's what you expect. So there wasn't a whole lot that you can like kind of sink your teeth into. Kind of reminded me of the look. Actually, it was a little bit like Three Kings, especially with the heist aspect and things like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, um, so yes. So, like I said, I'm I'll be there when Even it comes the out. I'll King watch it. Very Three Kings. Yeah, yeah. That's it looked like. It didn't pop into my head until you said it, but yes, very much. Very, very much. I, and I guess, like, I, I, I will agree with Chad. Maybe, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm partially excited about the film, but I, I guess I also feel sort of underwhelmed. And it, maybe it's because it was just a teaser trailer. And, and in a lot of Snyder's trailers, you get the big display of the spectacle. And there was less of that here. And maybe I wanted a little bit more of it. And, uh, that's weird. Hmm. Yes, it's good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. Hey, Chad, before we forget that we had talked the other day, you know, the, 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 our new musical bumpers on the beginning and end were, were, were created for us by, uh, by somebody you've known for a long time. But you want to tell us a little bit more about how we got made and maybe give a shout out to the, to the student who made it? Yeah. So basically, as I said last week, Rafford Wyndham, he runs a school, um, a high school teacher. And he just gets his kids to mix music, make music. So they've been making music for us and he's constantly sending me stuff. Uh, but this is Cannon Wood. He's a high school student at uh, the Cottrell Recording Studio at Lumpkin County High. And um, I know that when we had his music on the last one, Rafford told me that he was super pumped to hear his music. So um, yeah, we'll have some other music from other students depending on um, you know what he sends to me. Oh, cool. what, school, what school does Radford teach at? Do we know? It's Lumpkin County High. Lumpkin County High. I mean, yep. He runs the music department, music teacher? Yeah, it's about, you know, an hour north of Atlanta here. Gotcha. Rafford's been a professional musician for a long time, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's recorded his own album. He's, you know, done just about anything, really. So now he's teaching. Very cool. Very cool. All right. We appreciate those guys. It sounds great. Uh, I know Keith was thrilled to add an air of professionalism to his podcast. Um, there have been some rumors. Just uh, one rumor I want to touch on right now, unless there's uh, we can think of more. J.J. Um, Abrams was hired by uh, DC a while back, signed a big contract, and the rumors were that he was taking over for Superman, and it uh, seems like that's moving forward right now. Rumors that came out were... Um, a writer's been hired and Henry Cavill's out um, as the lead Superman. They're gonna do a reboot of some sort. So I wanted to touch on that. I believe the writer, I don't have his name in front of me right now, but he, uh, he Ta-Nehisi was a, uh, what's it? Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, isn't that? Yes, I believe he was a journalist and was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was hired. He wrote some Black Panther for quite a yeah, while. His Black Panther is absolutely amazing. And he's, and just as a writer, he's phenomenal. He, he's a great way of breaking down cultures to make them easily understand i feel like you know to, to understand a culture you can normally understand like one perspective of it but you don't get the fully lived in sense mm-hmm. and he has a, an amazing way of just making you feel immersed in a culture whether it's fictional or non so i would i would want him to do an entire movie based on krypton because he would flesh it out in such an oh, interesting wow. way but yeah go ahead that's cool. I thought I heard that, heard that he's been, he's been writing Captain America. Um, yeah, um, he has. Yeah, he's been writing Captain. So that's what's going on there. So it looks like you know 
DC still in a state of flux um, as they try to find their footing over there. You know, some good, some bad. We're pulling for them. We're just fans of the genre, man. We want it all to be good. And by we, I mean me. I don't know. I can't speak for you guys. Um, so any comments on that? You don't have to. It's just well, I think that, uh, Just kidding. Yeah. I don't think it's a shock or a surprise if, if Cavill does turn out to be out. I just It's almost free game, you know, with, with any of these. Who's going to be back? Who's not? Because they just don't – it doesn't seem like they have a plan like Marvel or the plan's not working. Whatever ever how you want to say it. It's not working. So if they replace Cavill, they replace Cavill. If it's, you know, I just don't, I don't think that I want anything to be bad when I go into a movie. That's absolutely true. DC's just been disappointing. I want them to do better. Absolutely. And if Abrams coming on board helps, I'm all for it. Lens flares, baby. To, To me, it's like, I feel that none of the Snyder cast really got their fair shake at things well i'll take that back gal Gadot, she did a phenomenal in, in her wonder woman role uh jason momoa probably got better than he deserved for aquaman um but i love him as arthur i think he's phenomenal um but i feel affleck and cavill could have been phenomenal and Agreed. showed promise in their parts if only they would have been given a true representation of those characters in the films neither one of them I really got you're right. He really never got their due. Um, I he got obviously Cavill got his origin story. Yeah, but you know, but, but to see him as Superman for a full movie, we never got to really see that um, by himself in a Superman movie. Though, you know, they they, they rushed into Batman versus Superman without giving Affleck a Batman movie. You know, yeah. that was and that was, that was frustrating because I, I really I really enjoyed Affleck's Batman. I, I wasn't sure I would. But I did. I, I thought he. I thought him as Batman was a was a good cast. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm all on board for Coates writing a, a Superman movie. I think that would be amazing. The rumor now is that they're going to go for an African American Superman, which I'm totally on board for that as well. I'm not as sold about J.J. Abrams directing it. If he's just producing it, that's fine. Directing it, I know he's wanted to do a Superman movie for a long, long time. Ever since Superman Flyby. Um, so, you know, we'll see, but I, I don't, I think both of those things can exist simultaneously. You can have a Henry Cavill Superman and this other Superman because we've established multiple Jokers, you know, um, sure. we're, we're establishing multiple Batmans. And if DC goes that way of having Elseworld sort of stories, now you have a plan. Now you can do something. Now the sky's the limit. Um, and no. Flashpoint, Flashpoint may lend into that. Flashpoint may give them the openings, the multiverse type uh, possibilities where they can play with multiple characters, which obviously the rumors have been spreading about that too. Michael Keaton, yada, 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 the whole thing. What is, uh, I, I, I drew a blank, what is Superman flyby? Again, remind us. Uh, so J.J. Abrams, before, I think it was before Superman Returns, before Brian Singer signed on, J.J. Uh, Abrams wrote a Superman script gotcha. um, and was pitching it. It's called Superman Flyby. I think DC is currently trying to make it into a comic book, but it did, uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember how, but it, it, it effed with the lore a little bit um, and changed some things that had upset um, audience and, and, you know, comic fans and stuff like that. But any of these will. So, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was J.J. Abrams' first attempt at Superman years and years and years ago. Nicholas Cage, baby. Just put Nicholas Cage in the lead role as an old Superman. I want Cage. 
Superman in uh, Teen Titans go to the movies, I think. I wanted to play Superman in the Spider-Verse and also play film noir Spider-Man. Yeah. And good. also play... Uh, uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider, thank you. I just and also to... play Cameron Poe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. And play his drunk character where he won the Academy Award for Leaving Las Vegas. In fact, that character should be in, uh, in uh, Army of the Dead in Vegas, just stumbling around, drunk as crap, uh, not being eaten by zombies. If there is not a scene in Army of the Dead of Elvis impersonator zombies, I'm walking out of the theater. I'm, I'm going to go to a theater and just walk out of it if that's not in there. Hey, I thought hey, I saw that in the trailer. I, I thought there? Maybe there was. I thought there was somebody that looked like Elvis, but maybe, maybe not. If not, then the biggest opportunity missed ever will be on the resume of Zack Snyder. I'm sorry, it'll be his second opportunity. No, I'm um, we, we love that work. Um, um, it's all I got on my notes. What else you guys got? You guys got anything else to talk about? What else can we bore the public with? I'm good I, until next week. Next yeah. week. Um, well, then let's wrap it up right there. We appreciate anybody and everybody and anybody who's been listening to us. Uh, feel free to contact us if you want. Uh, Chad, where can we find you on the internet? Where can people contact you or stalk you or troll you? I'm on Twitter at Chad129X. Keith, where can people uh, find you if anybody really wants to find you? Yeah. Um, uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, under Keith Brooks, because that's my name, and on Instagram on Diabetic Rage, spelled D I E A B E T I C Rage. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. He says that's his name until his name turns out to be Robert, which confuses me sometimes. I, and I have, I, I have problems, which, which is really weird. Wait, wait till you find out that my name's not really Chad. Oh, God. <laughs> you're, you're spectral Chad. It's not even like the real Chad. Um, and, uh, and, I still uh, call him white Chad. <laughs> like, it's, that's just, yeah, that's just, it just sounded weird. I'm glad I stopped myself from doing this. Um, you can find me if you want to on Facebook, uh, Robert Pralgo. I have an Instagram page. I never use it. There's like four pictures up there. Not worth going. Again, at Robert Pralgo. Twitter, at Robert Pralgo. I'm not hiding from anybody. It's all the same shit. Um, anyway, appreciate you guys watching, uh, listening, not watching. I'm watching them right now. To our listener, my dad, hey, appreciate you clicking the button, dad. And uh, we'll be back next week with the results of either the season finale of WandaVision or episode nine of WandaVision with a surprise episode 10 forthcoming. Whatever trailers, we may even tell you what we're working on next week. I know Keith has got some things he's working on. He's a very successful actor. Yeah. Uh, I know Chad is... Uh, is writing something. I'm I'm not sure if I was supposed to say that. And so I'm, you're uh, fine. And and I and I'm and I'm doing something over here. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So uh, it, it's all good. So we will talk to you. Uh, we'll talk at you folks uh, next week. Appreciate you checking in. Bye. Not quite cool is a podcast recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, in conjunction with Actors Teaching Actors and Bean Dip Productions. Thanks.